What is going on, guys? Welcome back to Crime Ghoul, a true crime podcast where I'm your host, Brittany. Happy Friday and ta-da! We have a bonus episode today. So clearly you're here because like me, you are interested in true crime or specifically in the Tristan Bailey case, which is an ongoing case. As we speak, a lot is unfolding. So today I am here to bring awareness to this case to spread factual information because there's so many things that are circulating on the web that are not true. So I think there's a reason I'm drawn to this case. I think it is so I can bring truthful awareness to it. So this is a very, very special episode today and I'm so happy to bring you this content. I'm so happy to bring you Miss Tristan Bailey's story. Obviously, there is so much more we don't know about any of this that I'm going to tell you, but I think that I need to talk about it because I am, like I said, I'm just so drawn to this case that there's a reason and I'm going to charge through and unapologetically give you all of the details. So, ooh, this is going to be probably a long episode, lots to unpack. Let's freaking get started. Go brew yourself a cup of coffee, pour yourself a glass of wine, or perhaps take a shot of whiskey, maybe even tequila, because this story is not for the faint of heart. Please be advised, there is heavy listener discretion advised for this episode. Aiden Fucci is now in Jacksonville at the Duval County Jail. He appeared in court just after nine to face a judge and new charges. This is a look at his new mugshot. It was taken earlier today. At this morning's hearing, the new upgraded charge of first-degree murder was read. He's accused of brutally murdering 13-year-old Tristan Bailey. State Attorney R.J. Larizza also decided to try Fucci as an adult. Mr. Jack's anchor Vic Michalucci has been following this case, and Vic Fucci remains in custody and no bond. Yes, and we just learned about an hour ago, Bruce, that he is in adult custody here in Jacksonville at the Duval County Jail downtown. This is called a courtesy hold for the St. Johns County Sheriff uh, because Jacksonville's better suited to hold somebody at his age. So Fucci made his first appearance on a first degree murder charge for 13 year old Tristan Bailey's death this morning around 915. The judge ordered that he stay locked up without bond. Fucci did not ask any questions of the judge or his attorney, and his attorney said she would be filing motions regarding his bond a little later. Yesterday afternoon, we learned he was going to be tried as an adult on premeditated first-degree murder charge after the state attorney released that he was or that he stabbed Tristan Bailey 114 times. 49 of her wounds were defense wounds. Prosecutors say he also talked about his plans to drag someone into the woods and kill them. He told his friends that a month before the murder. Teen murder suspect in St. John's County will be spending the rest of the month right here in Central Florida. Investigators say Aiden Fucci stabbed his classmate to death. Authorities were searching for 13-year-old Tristan Bailey on Sunday after she was reported missing that morning. 
Her body was found that night less than a half a mile away from the suspect's home. Now investigators say evidence connects Fucci to the murder. News 6's Nadine Giannis has been following this story for us. Nadine, he faced a judge in Volusia County today. That's right, Lisa, and that's because where deputies say this murder happened in St. John's County, which is just south of Jacksonville, there's no juvenile detention center. Instead, Volusia County serves teen cases, both from St. John's and Flagler County. This case coming to Central Florida today, the 14-year-old facing a judge in Volusia County for second-degree murder, his parents in the virtual courtroom as well. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, God. With his hand raised high, 14-year-old Aiden Fucci faced a judge in Volusia County today for the murder of his classmate, 13-year-old Tristan Bailey. Found dead in St. John's County Sunday night hours after her parents reported her missing. Her body found 0.3 miles from the young man's house, according to a new arrest report released today. Also today, the medical examiner confirming she was stabbed and had trauma to her head. Fucci looking up with tears in his eyes as the judge read his charge this morning. Mr. Fucci, you're charged with, uh, with second degree murder. His parents, both in the virtual courtroom. His mother, also seemingly upset. The tears here different than what deputies confirm is Fucci seen in this Snapchat now widely shared, showing the teen without handcuffs holding up a peace sign with the caption, quote, hey guys, has anybody seen Tristan lately? It's now part of the three-day-old investigation, which an arrest report read a search warrant found clothes with blood on them in Fucci's bedroom. This while the 13-year-old's family has asked for privacy and the tight-knit St. John's community grieves the young girl's death. Justice is being served. However, we know the, the, the community is angry. This is a very tight-knit community. So 14-year-old Aiden Fucci will now be staying behind bars at the Juvenile Detention Center in Volusia County for the next 21 days, awaiting either additional or upgraded charges. Now, there is a call from the community to try Fucci as an adult. The petition signed by thousands and why social media could be complicating this investigation. Ahead in my story at 6. The teenage years can be brutal. Teen pop star Olivia Rodrigo put it best, it's brutal out here. She wasn't kidding. I know some of you were so hung up on this case just like me, and that's because it's pure horror and pure evil. So a lot of you wanted me to give the deets in this case, so here you have it, here we have it, and here we go. Obviously, it's currently an ongoing case. The details I tell you now may differ in time, or they may change in time. A lot of this information has already changed. So what we're gonna do is start from the beginning, shall we? So I don't know about you guys, but I remember exactly when I learned about Tristan Bailey. It was May 10th of this year, actually. I was on Snapchat and trending right at the top of the Discover page was a snap and it was going viral. It was 14-year-old Aiden Fucci. He was taking a selfie while holding up the peace sign in what looked like the reflection of a divider in a cop car, if you know what I'm saying, like that, that almost like cage and plexiglass type of thing that separates like the people who are arrested from the police who are driving. Um, that's the best way I could put it, but you, you know what I mean. And the snap banner said, hey, anybody seen Tristan lately? Hmm. And from this 
photo, people were freaking outraged. Because in the wealthy St. Johns County, Florida, the body of 13-year-old Tristan Bailey was found. And Aiden Fucci had been the last person to see her alive. And at first, um, you know, this was just a missing person's case. While friends, family, and community members searched for the missing girl, Aiden sent that Snapchat to friends. And friends were alarmed, so they immediately told their parents, and their parents were freaked out. It seemed almost like Aiden was making a mockery of the search, like just mocking deputies and the whole town that was searching for her. It almost seemed like he was trying to taunt people. A girl was missing, and he just didn't seem to care. And he didn't care that everyone knew he was the last person to see her. And he didn't seem to care to be in the back of a police car during the search for this girl, Tristan Bailey. So... I remember being like, wait, 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 okay, no, 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 no way. My mind started trying to convince itself that maybe he was being sincere. Maybe he was generally reaching out to friends saying, hey, do you guys know where she is? Like, I was thinking, okay, he's back in, he's in the back of a police car. Maybe he's serious, like trying to show like, hey, I'm in the back of a police car. Does anybody know where she is? And then, you know, you look at the peace sign, you're like, no, something, just, this is, it's not right. So, of course, I started digging and I saw more snaps circulating around social media and it was his friends screenshotting the snap and writing their own banners saying, bruh, weren't you the one who got her into this mess? And you were with her, Aiden. You know what happened to her. So that's when I knew. Shit. Shit. This kid is a punk ass and he clearly thinks he's funny or thinks he's tough. I don't know. Don't don't know, but it was wrong. It just felt wrong. So after that, I started looking at other social media platforms and I saw the depraved side of the internet people. And it's the side of the internet that thinks it's funny and it's okay to sit behind a keyboard, okay to hide behind a smartphone and say deplorable, disgusting, and downright absolutely disrespectful and mean things. And before I go on, I wanna warn you, the things I'm about to say are graphic and other content creators already refuse to talk about these things because the words are just nasty. But I'm here to provide you the case in its raw entirety. You see, Tristan didn't have the opportunity to be shielded from hate or saved from awful actions. The Bailey family has not been spared that either. So I think it's only right to discuss a case in its entirety so you can understand it in its entirety. And if you aren't into that, it's fine. No judging here. But you should really stop listening now because it's going to upset you. So I took to Instagram and I searched hashtags and found, like I said, deplorable things about this case. There were users saying they were Aiden's friends and talked about what happened in the early hours of May 9th, 2021. It was frightening. There was a picture posted of Aiden. It looked like a mugshot, maybe a recent mugshot by a user named WD.Jason. And it said, hashtag free Aiden. I remember when we got done doing our business and the feds were looking for you, so we tried to get out on our bikes. You got caught up, but I managed to escape. My dad gonna get you out the hammer soon, bro, trust. But Tristan Bailey was wet as fuck. Watermelon. Then the comments were a cesspool, to say the least. User Ryan.The.Finesser wrote, she shouldn't have been walking. It's the outfit, too. And WD underscore Connor said, That girl probably deserved it. We don't know the full story yet. Hashtag free Aiden. So obviously, scumbags. Pure scumbags. And this last person clearly didn't know Tristan. He said that girl probably deserved it. That girl. He clearly didn't know her. And he says, We don't know the full story yet. 
And somehow he's taking Aiden Fucci's side by writing hashtag free Aiden. Trash. It's all just trash. So from these types of posts, many people really just assumed and believed that multiple people had to be involved with the murder of Tristan Bailey. Many complaints were filed to the St. Johns County Police Department, and those Instagram accounts were thankfully shut down. Turns out they were young teens trolling, of course, not even surprised, and they were actually located in different states. They didn't even live in the state of Florida. They didn't know Aiden. They didn't know Tristan. They thought it was funny and that they were doing it for clout. Yeah, clout, otherwise known as street cred, to get views, likes, followers, and whatever the frickin' hell these people do and what they want. Just so stupid. Many users were commenting, saying she was a slut and deserved it. Meanwhile, they more than likely didn't know this girl. She was a 13-year-old girl, for Pete's sake. <sighs> well, the accounts were shut down by the police, thankfully, like I said. So... The problematic thing is that there are still users advocate, advocating for Aiden, um, and some users have made pages dedicated to him. There's some sick, sick things out there. I've seen, like, little girls on TikTok. They're, they've got to be younger than 14. Maybe they're even, like, 12 or 10. And they're like, ooh, Aiden, I love you, Poppy, da-da-da-da-da. Like, some guys, girls, where is your mother? Where is she? Where is she? Clearly not around. These kids prime example you need to watch your freaking kids like if I ever found out even though we don't know this kid is guilty if I ever found out my little potato daughter was doing some dumb shit like that let me tell you something <laughs> she she'd be in a lot of trouble that's all I gotta say um just crazy I I can't even I can't even wrap my head around the pure anarchy that is the internet but so much information was being spread around on these social media platforms, and a lot of it has dis been disproven. And there's just too many people saying false things and things that are just not true. And a lot of information that sleuths, sleuths, if you don't know what a sleuth is, a web sleuth, it is like a couch detective. It's people who chill at home and just research the shit out of true crime. Kind of like myself, I am definitely a couch detective. And um, basically, we have fine, like these very nice fine skills where we're able to get a lot of actual legal reports that are all true. So hence why I've got a lot of this information and from my fellow web sleuths. If you guys ever watched um, like the documentary on Netflix, Don't Fuck With Cats, you'll learn what a real web sleuth is. And that lady, God bless you, honey. She she's a real one. But yeah, if you really want to know what it's about, go watch that documentary. It's pretty messed up, though, but 100% worth the watch. Anyway, a lot of sleuths were outing information to bring awareness and truth of the case to light and to stop like spreading fake news and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, brain fart. Anyway, what a lot of sleuths were finding was that Jason Michael Fucci, Aiden's father, actually has a pretty lengthy criminal record. He has sex offense charges against him. Um, within a day, a lot of information about the Fucci family was plastered for everyone to see. Their dirty laundry, it was hanging. People it was hanging all over town. So now I'm going to present you with some factual details. And these details have been confirmed and stated by police, media, the family of Tristan, and sources who are close to the case. So if you guys have any questions about sources, check the show notes down below or feel free to DM me and I will let you know exactly where I got it from. And please be kind. If there's something I get wrong, 
there's no need to be nasty. Um, it's okay to just kindly message me and I've got no problem with editing or fixing my information, but I'm pretty sure I'm spot on. So the fact of the matter is that this case is brutal and I want to bring awareness to it because there's something to be said for child abuse and neglect and the monstrosity it creates and the mass casualties it creates. You see, people are born with certain personality traits and they're enhanced by our unique life events. So, for 14-year-old Aiden Fucci, life was filled with domestic violence and neglect, and that is proven through legal documents that have been outed on the internet. Such abuse could be kind of what prompted or propelled him to commit such a horrible act. On the other hand, you have this beloved girl, 13-year-old Tristan Bailey, who had four siblings, amazing parents. She was a bubbly, outgoing, and friendly cheerleader. Very lovable. You see a picture of her. A picture of her. She just looks very lovable. So when you compare Tristan and Aiden, it's easy to see that their individual lives were two very opposite sides of a coin. You have a troubled youth who was born into a troubled family. Then you have a bright and kind girl who came from a great home. Both attended Patriot Oaks Academy in St. Johns County, Florida, which is a private school. They were classmates, and this is how they knew each other. Back in May of this year, after midnight, on Mother's Day to be exact, Aiden would be the last person to see Tristan alive. Tristan and Aiden were friends. Peers from their school said that they didn't have any type of romantic relationship. They were merely acquaintances who knew each other through mutual friends. So around 12.30 a.m. on May 9th, Tristan received a phone call from Aiden. He asked her to come over to their friend's tray their friend Trey's house. And Trey's real name is Dofferis. So um, considering everywhere he's referred to as Trey in legal documents and other places as well, we're going to refer to him as Trey. It's much easier to say than Dofferis. So Aiden had been hanging out with Trey and asked if anyone else was coming over and no one else was coming over. And no one else was really supposed to be over at all because, you see, Trey was grounded for acting up in school. But of course, this didn't stop the two from hanging out. So Aiden asked Trey for Tristan's phone number. So clearly, he didn't have Tristan's phone number, which leads me to believe that they weren't that close. Um, But they did have each other on Snapchat, so I don't really know, actually. I don't know, guys. You let me know. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I think my sister and brother might communicate more through Snapchat than they do text messages. So I don't know if you're I don't know if you guys like have kids or you have younger siblings or something. Do they use Snapchat more than they text? Like, does the fact that Aiden didn't have Tristan's phone number mean that they weren't close friends? Does that make sense? I hope so. Well, if you have an answer for me, let me know. So anyway, um, Aiden called Tristan and was like, yo, come through. And Tristan obliged and snuck out of her house. Tisk tisk. Although we've all been there before. So all of their homes were in the same neighborhood within walking distance, not a long walk at all. And in documents that are now public, Trey would tell detectives that Aiden had a girlfriend named Zophie. However, Aiden was interested and attracted to Tristan, but he claimed he was loyal and would never act on his attraction to this pretty cheerleader. But what I'm about to tell you may prove otherwise. I'll leave that up to you. So there are things we don't know now and things that we may never know about this case, but it is human nature to speculate and to wonder. So personally, I wonder if Tristan had a crush on Aiden and if Aiden had a crush on Tristan too. And maybe if that's the case, they were 
hmm, air quote, forgetting that Aiden had a girlfriend that night. Or, you know, maybe they were sincerely just friends. And who knows what that means to Aiden and even if it means anything at all. But once Tristan snuck out and made it to Trey's around like 1240, Trey claimed he was playing a video game but was falling in and out of sleep kind of at the same time. He wasn't really paying attention to the game. And he said that Tristan and Aiden were chilling and talking together alone most of the time. They were smoking some CBD out of a vape as well. Trey couldn't keep his eyes open for much longer, so around 1.10, Trey said, okay, you guys, you gotta go. It's time to call it a night. I'm tired. I'm falling asleep here. So the two left, and they hung out until around 1.20, so maybe 10 minutes longer. And then by 1.24, Tristan and Aiden are actually visible on a neighborhood community center camera heading towards, like, a retention pond and kind of near the woods. So, my friends, what happens from 1.24 a.m. to about 3.27 a.m. is still not 100% known. But by 3 a.m., Aiden is seen running by their surveillance camera holding a pair of sneakers, and Tristan is no longer with him. By 3.30 a.m., Aiden gets home to his mom and stepfather's house. So in the morning, it's Mother's Day and the Bailey family wake up. They're ready to celebrate the matriarch of their family. And around 9.40, Tristan's sister, the oldest sister, Brittany, goes to wake her up for a Mother's Day breakfast. And when she gets to Tristan's room, she's nowhere to be found. And this is no way to begin a Mother's Day, let alone any day for that matter. Instead of sitting down and enjoying a breakfast with her kids, Stacy Bailey is sent into a quick panic, wondering where the hell her kid is. The family searches the house and their property because, of course, you want to make sure you look around before you call the police or do anything drastic. But by 10 a.m., Stacy calls 911 because they can't find her. She's nowhere on the property. So Stacy files a missing person report and the Bailey family reach out to their friends, family, asking if Tristan is with any of them, if anyone has talked to her. And they also take to their social media platforms asking pretty much the same questions. One of the Bailey sister actually recalled FaceTiming Tristan around midnight, and she noticed there was a guy in the background of the call, which is important because obviously that means Tristan was with someone, and maybe sister knew that Tristan snuck out. So friends and family were searching for Tristan, and she was just nowhere to be found. Her Snapchat location and shared locations were turned off, and her phone kept going straight to voicemail. So by 2.30, the police ordered a ping location on her phone. And the hope was, you know, she should be with or near her cell phone, so hopefully they could find her location. Police found that Tristan actually was hanging out with Aiden um, the night before and her friend Trey. So they interviewed Trey first, and he told police that um, Tristan had snuck out of her house, and she and Aiden hung out with with him for a little while. And then police interviewed Aiden with the consent of his mom. Aiden explained that they had all hung out and he and Tristan um, parted ways while walking home. And he said that he had arrived home around 3 or 3.30. Hmm. Police did not like that timeline at all. And they asked Aiden, why did it take you almost two hours to walk home? And he was probably pretty surprised when they said that because he didn't know that Trey told police that... Tristan and Aiden had actually left his house around 1.30 a.m. So the officers knew something was off. They were like, hmm, that's a big gap of time. And Aiden's walk would have been maybe 1.4 miles away from his own house. It shouldn't have taken longer than 28 minutes, and that's stretching it. 
So, of course, Aiden quickly changed his story and told police that they had actually continued to walk together and got into a fight because Tristan grabbed his dick. He said he quickly reacted and forcefully pushed her to the ground and she hit her head on the way down. After he left her on the ground and he walked away, he felt dizzy while walking home and he was thinking it was probably from the CBD he smoked at Trey's house. He said when he left, he just walked around alone for a while before going home. He also told officers that Tristan could be with the drug dealer that she talked to um, via Snapchat and she talked to him frequently or she could be at this path where a lot of the teens from Patriot Oaks go to do drugs, smoke weed, all that stuff. So immediately the police think that something's off. They think they have probable cause. Um, This kid's story is not matching up. So they start to believe that a crime may have occurred. So they read Aiden his rights and in and he actually invoked his rights and declined to answer any more questions and requested a lawyer. By 3.30, AT&T pinged Tristan's phone and the location showed a 2,500 meter radius, so at least it was something. Officers worked with AT&T to pull the last 30 days of Tristan's call and text history to identify who she was talking to, if there were any patterns of communication, like was she talking to person A for a long time and then all of a sudden it stopped, or if any type of communication pattern seemed to have changed recently. At 4.30, police received a Snapchat photo from the communication center. It was a daunting Snapchat sent out by Aiden. The selfie was him in the back of a patrol car, holding up the peace sign and a banner that read, Hey guys, has anybody seen Tristan lately? Social media showed that everyone was looking for this girl, so the sheer fact that this mother sucker sent that snap out shows that he has zero remorse for anyone. He doesn't really care. He thinks he's funny. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It was just stupidity. The snap was immediately forward with text banners that read, what the fuck, Aiden, and you were with her, Aiden, you know what happened to her, stuff like that. People were getting pissed. They were like, you're not funny. So by 6.06... The worst news to ever hit the Bailey family was about to rush in like a freaking bolt of lightning. Hard and completely unapologetic. A man by the name of Daniel Hart called police and told them that he had found what appeared to be a dead girl. He returned from a run and heard about the missing girl on TV, so he decided to search the area since he lived right where she allegedly went missing. By 6.15, a deputy rushed to the location and pronounced Tristan Bailey dead. A 13-year-old laid in the woods. She was butchered. The lifeless girl was left alone on the ground in the woods near a retention pond. First Coast News stated that Tristan was lying on her right side with her head pointed to the east, looking north, and her feet pointed to the west. Tristan's right leg was bent slightly to the knee, and her left leg was bent at a 90-degree angle at the knee. Tristan's right arm was extended with a slight bend at the elbow, and her left arm was bent at the elbow with her hand touching her chin. She was wearing a black Victoria's Secret shirt with the word pink on the front, black Nike brand sweatpants, and black and white slip-on Vans brand shoes. Tristan was found with bloody, matted hair, once blonde, now red. She had multiple sharp force injury wounds on her hands, her arm, her neck, and it appeared to have... Um, additional sharp force trauma injuries to her back, which were probably um, evident because she had a bunch of holes in her shirt. I'm sure the deputy looked on in horror. He probably saw so many wounds, he didn't know how anyone would be able to accurately count them or keep track of them. 
Close by, a crime scene investigator located Tristan's phone, her cotton candy vape pen, a gold ring, and a $20 bill. Clearly, if this was just her being jumped or robbed, I'm sure that $20 bill and ring wouldn't have been there with her. By 8 p.m., Aiden was transported to the Central Investigations Division. By 8.49, he was placed in a video-recorded and audio-recorded room. His mom, Crystal, and dad, Jason, were present with him. So, Crystal began talking to her son and told him not to answer any questions without an attorney present. She also said, the girl was found in our neighborhood down the main street. She was referring to Tristan. So, Aiden asked her, is she good? Crystal responded, no, she's dead. That's why it's very important. It's all on you right now. Aiden coldly responded, how is it my problem? <sighs> this was my kid, I swear to God. Crystal and Jason both told Aiden he was the last one seen with her. His parents both told him that the Snapchat he posted in the back of the police car was not a smart idea at all, and they have already been receiving threats because of it. Good job, kid. Congratulations, you're an asshole. Jason asked Aiden if he had any scrapes or anything on him, and Aiden responded, no, sir, which is kind of interesting that he referred to his dad like that. It's a very authoritarian parenting style. Like, I would never say no, sir, to my dad unless I was kidding, like, no, sir, you know? So very interesting to note right there. Jason asked Aiden if he told police anything different from what he told him and his mom. Aiden stated that he did not. Aiden then explained he told the police Tristan probably got picked up by her drug dealer. Additionally, Aiden advised Tristan was not going to go home that night and she was going to find someone to stay with. Interesting. Very interesting. Something to note before I continue on. One, I just want to let you know, this drug dealer, he's like a 22, 23-year-old guy. He was investigated and interviewed, and he actually was thrown out as a sus suspected immediately. We don't really have all the details, but that's good to know. And it's also interesting, like, I, I mean, I haven't found anything about Tristan not wanting to go home. But I mean, I'm sure more things are going to develop in this case. But... Interesting to note that one of the people who would end up coming forward as a witness was one of uh, Tristan's friends. I think her name was Shyla, and she said that she was actually supposed to go out with Tristan that night, but for whatever reason, Tristan told her she had a bad feeling and to stay home. So just keep that in the back of your head because I know a lot of people online were questioning, you know, well, if she thought that it wasn't a good idea to go out or she was... She had a bad feeling. Why did she tell Shyla to stay home and why did she go out herself? And I don't know. I was thinking about that for a little bit. And honestly, like, I think I would do something like that. Like, if I had a bad feeling, it's almost like, you know, if I tell my friend not to come, it's good because if something bad happens to me, I don't have to die with that on my conscience. Like, if her, if my friend was there and also got into whatever trouble I got into, or maybe it was just, you know, like, I want to take care of myself. I don't have to want, I don't want to worry about the safety of someone else. I don't know, like, if that makes sense. But in my head, it makes sense. So I think I could see myself doing that. Like, you know, like, I'll go and I'll be daring and, you know, reckless. And as long as I don't have to worry about my friend and I know she's home safe, at least I don't, I won't have any regrets. Maybe that was the way of thinking. I mean, this is a teenager after all. But I just wanted to mention that before I forget. So... Anyway, as I was saying, Aiden said that she that Tristan wasn't going to go home. She was going to find someone to stay with. Crystal continued to ask her son, you know, 
where Tristan went after Aiden left her. And Aiden said she probably kept walking. Jason um, interjected and stated, no, Aiden actually pushed her down, then kept walking. That's what he said. And then Jason cut himself off and stated, you know, we probably shouldn't be talking in here. It's probably not a good idea, which I'm sure with his criminal justice, I mean, criminal um, record behind him, he probably knew that very well. And I'm surprised Crystal, I, I'm pretty positive Crystal has a criminal record. I just don't really know about it too much. I didn't really see anything online about it, but I'm pretty sure she has like some drug or domestic violence related charges. But um, Jason then states, you walked away, you came straight home, you didn't turn back around to see where she went, and Aiden shook his head no. Jason asked, what were you doing outside that late at night? Aiden stated he was at Doffris's house, Trey, and they were hanging out. Jason asked, did you kiss or do anything with them? And Aiden said he kissed Tristan and denied doing anything further. Jason said, so your DNA is going to be on her. Aiden didn't respond. Jason said, we saw your shoes were off on the camera. Why were your shoes off? Aiden said, because my feet were hurting and those shoes give me blisters. Crystal asked Aiden if he came home, then snuck back out, or if he was at Doffers's house the whole day, which... How do you not know that? He lives with his mother. Where were you? Like, you were gone the whole day. Like, how did you not know if he came home and then, like, you know what I mean? Like, were you out with Doffers the whole day or did you sneak out? Well, why don't you know that? Because if he was out with Doffers and then came home and snuck out, you would have seen him come home, you know? And it doesn't really seem to me like Aiden would have had to have sneak, well, snuck out. It seems like his parents really just um, aren't on top of parenting, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So Aiden said he didn't sneak back out. He was at Doffers' house the whole day. And Jason said, because of the Snapchat Aiden and Doffers took in the back of the police car, they took a selfie together. People on social media believe that Aiden and Doffers raped and murdered Tristan. Aiden didn't say anything. Crystal asked Jason if Aiden was going to be kept with the police and Jason said he didn't know. There was no evidence he knew of and asked Aiden if he knew anything he did not know of. And then Crystal asked Aiden if Tristan really grabbed him you know, in the private area, and if he really pushed her, and Aiden stated that Tristan did grab him. But, like, he didn't respond to pushing her, so interesting. Jason asked if Aiden knew what happened after he pushed her. He said no. Crystal asked if Tristan said ow or got mad at him. Aiden said Tristan yelled out his name. He pushed her and then told her to fuck off and walked away. Aiden said Tristan probably walked off because she was no longer next to him, and he didn't bother to look back. Jason asked if there was anything to worry about, and Aiden indicated no. Crystal advised Aiden their house was being searched. So yeah, they got a search warrant um, because they had probable cause and they thought a crime was committed. So they began searching Crystal Smith's house, which is where Aiden lived. Jason asked Aiden why he was damp or wet when he got home. Aiden said he was wet due to water from a cup that he spilled on himself. Jason pressed Aiden further on how he was wet, and Aiden stated that he he fell. So this is interesting. You could kind of see Aiden's going like kind of tit for tat, not really sticking to a story. And Crystal then tells him, pick a story and stick to it. Hmm. Very interesting. I don't know if I'd say that to my kid. I'd be like, do you fucking know what you're talking about or you don't? I wouldn't say stick to a story and, you know, pick a story and stick to it. You don't pick a story. It shouldn't even be a story. It should be the truth. What happened? But clearly these people are very used to the criminal justice system and knowing you need to pick a story and stick to it. So 
interesting choice of words that Mama Crystal had. So, so yeah. Detective Thompson then entered the interview room and requested Jason and Crystal's consent to collect a DNA buccal swab, photographs and fingernail scrapings from Aiden, and Crystal said they were going to wait until the attorney arrived, which was probably smart on her part. So, other than that, there's not a lot known about the interview and what happened after, and I'm sure that's going to come out during the trial. So within the following weeks, Aiden's defense attorney actually dropped the case, and this was due to Fucci's inability to pay the attorney. So Aiden was appointed a team of public defenders. So a lot of um, content creators who have um, been passionate about this case and have already covered it, they kind of said some interesting things where they were like just assuming that the um, the attorney dropped the case because he didn't he couldn't represent such a monster or he was ashamed of representing him. Well, um, guys, it doesn't really work that way. Like you can't just um, say, no, I'm not going to defend this uh, person who might have killed somebody because A, B, and C. No, that could really damage your career. You're there as an attorney to provide, provide a defense. Like you can't really just do that. And, you know, I I don't know like that's just crazy and I think it's interesting that they actually dropped this attorney because I think I don't know they said the attorney dropped the case but I think it's a mutual thing I think the Fuchis dropped him and he dropped them because of the inability to pay him so um interesting that they couldn't pay that pay him because they come from an affluent neighborhood they have a really nice big house and I'm pretty sure Aiden's dad owns like a landscaping business or some type of business. He owns it. But he did make a valid point and said like, you know, um, I'm already getting threats like for my life and my family's life. And I've got clients that are dropping me like a bad habit because of all the publicity surrounding his son. So he knew he was going to be tanking and, you know, his business was going to shit. So I guess he's right. You know, like, how are you going to pay for this attorney especially like a private private defense attorney like that's a lot of fucking cash people so um you know they just both said they couldn't pay for it and crystal couldn't pay for it so aiden was appointed a team of public defenders soon after aiden was in custody he was charged with the gruesome murder of tristan bailey and the following details are disturbing so please please listen with caution As of July 14th, 2021, a large amount of evidence became public. Among the documents were the medical examiner's finding, which stated that Tristan was stabbed a total of 114 times. Yeah, that's a lot to take in. 35 of those wounds were to her head, her neck, and the other wounds were on her torso, chest, back, and upper extremities. So... 49 of the wounds were defensive stab wounds and they were on her arms and right hand. So guys, um, this means that Tristan fought for her life to survive. That's what defensive wounds are. That's blocking the knife. There was actually some information stating that the knife actually went so far through her hand when she was covering her head that it penetrated her head through her hand. So that these were, these were brutal, brutal, brutal wounds. She was alive for all of these defense wounds, definitely. So uh, she knew what was happening to her. And I just, oh my God, I just can't, I can't even process it. But judging by the mere amount of stab wounds, I'm no expert, but 
from what I know, that this sounds like overkill. And it's usually it usually means that a killer really made the murder personal. And we usually see this with crimes of passion. So if you really think what it is to be stabbed 114 times, it's just fucking sickening. It's absolutely nauseating. First of all, I don't know about you guys, but a paper cut hurts like a bitch. It stings so bad. And just two weeks ago, I was using my damn ninja blender to make margaritas and I went to go pick up the blade and I slit my finger open and my finger was gushing blood and it hurt so bad. It still hurts right now, even though there's like, it's scarring. So I can't even begin to fathom what 114 stab wounds would look or feel like. For Christ's sake, what do you even look like? Like, what do you look like after being stabbed that many times? Oh, and then God bless the parents who had to identify her. Just how fucking horrible. How horrible is that? I don't know. I've always believed in an eye for an eye or I guess a version, some type of warped version of Hammurabi's code. And I think that, you know, you stab someone 114 times and you should get the same thing. But, you know, of course, it's uh, not ethically correct to do that. It's morally wrong. But shit, man. Just fuck. I don't know. Like, that's just... Ah, it makes me want to scream. It really does. It's really just... Oh, my God. I don't know, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like... uh, It's hard not to get emotional, you know, about it. Like, just really angry about it. And especially because I have a younger sister, like I just think about her and like imagine it was her. I just, I can't even, I won't even let my mind go there. So on top of all of this, um, the word karma was handwritten in blue ink inside her left ankle and a smiley face was drawn on the inside of her right ankle. The report does not state who put the writing on her body. So we aren't sure if it necessarily has anything to do with the crime. I know when I was younger, there were several, you know, basic tattoo girls would want, and the word karma was actually one of them. Plus, I used to draw myself all the time, so I wouldn't be surprised if Tristan drew it on herself. But I guess we should find out soon enough, I'm sure, because um, that's uh, interesting to note, you know? So the weapon used was one of Aiden's knives, and it was found in a nearby pond. From some witnesses and sources, it is known that Aiden had two um, foldable, like, buck knives. They were, like, pocket knives. And he had a name for both knives, Picker and Poker. It's fucking weird. So, allegedly, this knife was Poker. I don't know how true that is. Apparently, there was a picture of the knife circulating. Um, I guess somebody who had a picture of it that was friends with Aiden posted it and said, like, this is what he used. But it was taken down by authorities because I'm sure it could infringe on the case in some way or it could have a possible um, repercussion to the case. So when investigators found the knife in the pond, they noticed that the tip was missing. And while Tristan was going through like her autopsy and everything, the medical examiner did have to put her through an x-ray and they found a metal fragment in her skull, like her scalp area. And lodged in her skull was the tip of that knife. The sheer force it would take to break off the tip of a folding buck knife is um, a lot, people. It's a lot. Okay, that that's anger. That There's emotion behind this attack, 100%. So since Aiden's first court appearance, which was on May 11th, he admitted to kissing Tristan. In response, she kissed him back and grabbed his um, penis. He reacted by pushing her. She fell down and he left and walked away. He's kept to the story. So I guess he picked a story and um, kept it. 
So he has pleaded not guilty to murder charges. And at first he was um, charged with second degree murder. His detention hearing was held over Zoom, which I watched through YouTube, and he was sent to juvenile detention for 29 days until they could come to a decision as to whether they try him as an adult or a juvenile. And when the judge read, you know, his charges of second-degree murder, Aiden actually began to shed tears. And now, for me, it's hard to tell if he was forcing them or if he was trying to hold them back in hopes that he wouldn't seem weak. I'm not really sure. And he was also just shaking his head in disdain or like, ugh. I can't believe this, like, you know, disbelief. But you know what? Like, due to some witness, like, I guess, like, some people who were interviewed that I'm going to mention, I just, I don't believe him. I don't believe that he didn't do it, and you'll hear why. So by May 27th, there was a notice of transfer to adult court court for Aiden, so he was notified that he was being charged as an adult. Formally, on May 28th, the judge charged Aiden Fucci with first-degree premeditated murder, which is punishable by capital penalty of life in prison or the death penalty. But guys, you see, he's still a juvenile, so he doesn't quite qualify for death. So, since then, he's been transferred to an unknown location, and he's being held without bond, as he should be. And he's still pleading not guilty, meaning that there will definitely be a jury trial. He denied his right to a speedy trial. So, um, yeah, he's going to try to argue that he's not guilty. And now to throw a monkey wrench into this whole investigation, this whole thing, Aiden's mom, Crystal, has actually been charged in connection to the case. Yep. (coughs) Unbelievable. On June June 5th, she um, turned herself in, actually, because they had a warrant out for her arrest. And... This is because, oh, get ready for this one. You know, Crystal was at her house on May 9th when the police got there and were questioning her son and all of that. So, of course, the deputies are like, we're going to take him with us for questioning. You know, not a big deal, like whatever. So when Aiden left with deputies, her indoor surveillance camera actually captured something very interesting and a bit sinister. It was footage of her going into Aiden's room and grabbing a pair of jeans And the jeans were, like, in between a dresser and his wall. So, clearly, he was hiding them. And she scrubbed them in the sink for a while and then returned them to his room. The jeans and the sink ended up testing positive for blood. So, this lady, she seriously thought she could wash away evidence. Now, I mean, we're going to find out, but I don't know if DNA was still present there. But there were absolutely traces of blood. So, hmm, I wonder where that came from. So Crystal's accused of tampering with evidence for allegedly um, washing her son's bloodstained jeans. And, you know, the way she was just so quick about doing it makes me believe or question, like, has this happened before? Has maybe her ex-husband been in the same predicament? Maybe. Or has she covered up for her son? Because usually, like, you don't just murder someone, you start somewhere. Usually. Usually. But I don't know. You just gotta, it leaves you to wonder. So, of course, Crystal pleaded not guilty. And a lot of people are on social media platforms, Facebook groups, Facebook comments, and they're mocking her for it. Like, oh, how can you be so stupid? But guys, like, think about it. If she admits guilt, then logically that would mean Aiden is guilty. And how could he be guilty if he's claiming he's not guilty? You picking up what I'm laying down there? You get what I'm saying? So lucky for Crystal, unlike her son, she was able to pay her way out of a $25,000 bond. So right now she's out. Who knows where she is right now? I mean, she can't be too far because her hearing is September 1st. 
So Aiden's whole family has deleted their social media accounts. There were actually, um, I guess, sleuths who were looking into Aiden. And I know I found like a lot of pictures online because I was digging too. And a lot of pictures of Aiden came up like when he was like a baby, a child, all kinds of things. And they were posted by his grandma. And since then, her Facebook has been deleted. His dad, his mom, everyone's social media is gone. And I'm sure this is due to all the hate they're getting and the death threats. So, I mean, I'd go into hiding. I'd go off the grid real quick if I were them. So, because people, you know, they're like an angry mob. So, I don't know. And of course, there's people like me, you know, I'm going to out myself, you know, I'm going in there and being nosy and um, looking into these people's past lives. So I'd fucking jump, jump ship too. So anyway, out of some of other the people, other people have been interviewed. Aiden's girlfriend was one of them. Her name is Zophie and she's 14 as well. She stated that she had no clue Aiden and Tristan were together the night that Tristan was murdered. She said that when she found out that they were together, she called Aiden immediately. And at that point, him and Trey were actually in the police car. And he did admit to being with Tristan that night and said he didn't kill her. She also said that she doesn't know how she feels about that because she's concerned and has been concerned about Aiden for a while. And here's why. She says he hears voices that tell him he's worthless, that he has homicidal thoughts and has creeped up on her while holding a knife to her throat and pretending to stab her. Other witnesses have come forward, around 250 to be exact, which is, which is a shit ton, and they are all stating that Aiden, ha- well, not all of them, but from what we know, some of them are stating that Aiden had talked about killing someone in the woods by stabbing them to death and acting innocent right after, which is why I don't believe his um not guilty plea, because he went around telling everybody, you know, like, oh, if... um you know, I really just want to kill somebody, I'd lure them to the woods, stab them to death, and then, yeah, I would just act innocent and act like I never did it and keep getting away with it. It's a very logical way of thinking. <laughs> Sarcasm, obviously. So, Aiden allegedly had told friends that he had a desire to kill someone, but none of his friends ever notified an adult. Perhaps they didn't understand how severe this was, or maybe they were scared of him, Maybe they didn't have, I don't know, an adult to turn to, I guess. Maybe. Um, I don't know. This is one of those things that has bothered a lot of people. They ask, why wouldn't you tell someone you hear that? Why didn't you tell anyone? But honestly, even after like getting into this crime, well, this case, like I've just been doing like looking through other cases because that's what I do on my free time. And I'm actually finding that it's common for many teens and even adults to hear something like that and not say anything. So I'm actually going to do an episode soon where this mom, you know, she overheard her daughter talking about killing someone, but she just thought her daughter was being dramatic. I don't know when you guys hear the case, you're going to be like, how did she think that that was just drama? You'll know what I mean. Can't give it away now. No spoilers. But the same goes for teens. They hear peers talking like this and think they are just trying to be cool and like, oh, geez, this person's trying to be cool. There's no way they'd ever actually do it, though. So who knows? It's happened before and I'm sure it's going to happen again. So this is why we need to educate ourselves, our kids, and make sure we know that you should be looking into stuff like this if you hear things like hear people actually having a calculated murder plan like your kids talking about it you should probably look into it and make sure everything's okay because you just never know 
So on top of this, officers also found a notebook in Aiden's house in his room, and it was full of satanic drawings and violent depictions. It included a drawing of a nude woman. She had red X's over her breasts and genitals, and it appeared that she had a severed limb like her arm, and it depicted blood coming from the wounds. Very interesting. So it's also important to note that Aiden's father, Jason, has been in prison before. So a lot of people are saying, oh, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I mean, you're right. It doesn't. Usually, you know, you're a product of, you know, your parents and where you come from and how you grow up. So Jason, like I've already said, has a lengthy criminal record, including a stint in prison in 2003 for lewd and lascivious, lascivious, sorry if I'm saying that wrong, battery and child violence. And according to court documents retrieved from Duval County Court, Jason, who was 18 at the time, was convicted of sexual intercourse with a 15-year-old female at his home. And, you know, this becomes iffy, you know, very iffy. Um, People will debate about these types of things all the time, but I honestly don't know the extent of that, those charges and the conviction. So I'm not really going to comment too much on that, but... The second count stated that he did knowingly or willfully abuse a child by intentionally committing an act that could reasonably be expected to result in physical or mental injury to a person's under the age of 18 years old. So Jason was sentenced to two years probation, but of course he violated the terms and he was jailed for 14 months with 158 days granted as credit. Wonderful. He's had a number of other run-ins with the law, including fraud and driving with a revoked license. And in 2016, he was arrested for battery after cops said he got into a fight with a couple at a gas station while his son was present. But we don't know if that son was Aiden. He does have siblings. So Jason was sentenced to six months probation, which was terminated early. Surprise, surprise. And ordered to attend anger management courses. So... God only knows what Aiden Fucci has witnessed in his life, and something obviously tells me that it cannot be good. Abuse can take a really huge toll on anyone, let alone a child, and it will manifest into something really ugly. You know, some people are abused, and due to, like, their personality, like, whether they have grit or they have, like, just, I don't want to say stronger personalities, but, like, just certain things like willpower, grit, and resilience they might not turn into an abuser, but then there's the ones who are abused and they abuse, they continue the cycle of abuse or they do worse. So as the old saying goes, violence begets violence, people. So it's no surprise that early physical abuse leads to later aggression and violence. No surprise. So other than all of this stuff that a lot of it comes from released reports from the detectives that were on the case, There's also the state attorney and they had something to say and their goal, their goal was trying to debunk rumors and answer questions for the community. So here's kind of the gist of what they say. Um, They were mentioning that there was a new charge for Aiden because a juvenile charge was not appropriate and making an adult charge was the only choice they had based on all the evidence that was reviewed and based upon the law. So the district attorney said that The word horrific was an understatement to describe this case. And witness information also made it extremely clear that this was a premeditated murder. He didn't claim um, 
you know, like Aiden didn't claim who he was going to kill. He just said to people he was going to take someone to the woods and stab them to death. And he did. His knife was found in a pond. It was missing the tip. And the medical examiner found the tip in the scalp. And the attorney went on to say that it's concerning that statements were not taken seriously. But like I've already said, I think there's a lot of reasons that could come into play as to why people didn't come forward. And, um... Yeah, so none of the witnesses ever reported it to anybody. And witnesses actually identified the knife to belong to Aiden, which was poker. And it was consistent with the wounds that were found on Tristan's body as well. And DNA evidence was identified. Aiden's DNA has been identified on the defendant. And her DNA was found present on the knife and on his shoes and t-shirt. So parents need to learn from this vicious and brutal murder. 100%. They, I totally agree with him. I've already said that, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch your kids. You have to know what they're doing and saying, like, pay attention, people, because you have no idea. Teenagers are capable of things we never knew they could be. Like, that's why everybody should read Lord of the Flies. If you've never read it, read it, because it's about a bunch of, like, kids that get stuck on an island and the scariness that comes from being stranded on an island with a group of kids and all the shit that comes with it. So if you haven't read it, There you go. You will see why it's important we check on our teenagers. So, yeah, um, it just 100% agree with this district attorney. I'm sorry I'm kind of tripping over my own words. I feel like I had this um, better planned out in my head. So then the director of criminal investigations of St. John's County Sheriff's Office actually Um, made an announcement and said that the grand jury indictment of first-degree murder charges is only the first step in this long process, which he's right. This trial, this whole process, it's going to be painstakingly long, people. And he said that the department's fully prepared to present the facts and all of the evidence to a jury. And he said that all new leads and new evidence will continue to be investigated. So this includes all of those trolls online, because like I said, there's a shit ton of them. So if they're going to be held, they could be held liable for whatever illegal activity they do. And so be it. Screw them. Those little shits. I'm sorry, but you you want to make some stupid decisions. You get to face the consequences. So the grand jury decided to try Aiden as an adult for a few reasons and it's because they were saying that the juvenile system is not equipped for a case like this and it's not okay juvenile juvenile um court is really for kids who i mean i there's violence that's involved like you know if you they rob someone jump someone drugs the whole nine yeah but it's not stabbing somebody 114 times which is 10 million times worse okay So the maximum amount of time a juvenile can be kept in prison is until they're 21 and Aiden's going to be 15 this year. So you do the math, people. It's clearly not adequate enough for him. So there are threats that have been made to the Bailey family on social media and law enforcement has continued investigating them, which fuck you guys. The poor family's been through enough. They lost their daughter in a horrible way. Like, just shut up. Mind your business. If you don't like them, whatever. Mind your damn business, okay? So they've been very strong and gracious through this whole thing. Well, graceful. Um, I just can't believe these trolls. And I know most of them are a bunch of little shits, but I just can't get over it. They, um, the district attorney made it a point to let the community know that the criminal justice system is not friendly to victims. And finally, finally, somebody said it. It's true. 
This is going to be such a fucking hard, difficult process for this family to go through. Uh, you know, like based upon the surveillance video, you know, it shows there's no struggle. They don't have surveillance footage of the pond. But obviously, everybody knows how it ended and it wasn't good. Okay. So now, of course, the defense is going to use all of this to for their defense of Aiden Fucci. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of negative things about Tristan that are going to come to light. And I mean, some of it's already coming up online. And that's what just makes these cases especially ugly. You know, Aiden Fucci's dirty laundry is everywhere. His family's dirty laundry. Everybody knows everything about them now. And this will happen with the Bailey family as well. Anything that might be embarrassing or anything they didn't want the public to know, they're gonna know. So it's just gonna be traumatic. They're victimizing the survivors of Tristan, her family. That's what's going to happen. And that is the ugly process of this legal court and all of this. This trial is gonna suck, okay? Especially when the person saying, nope, I'm not guilty. I mean, who knows? For all we know, maybe he didn't do it. I know. I know. Brittany, what are you saying? Trust me, I think he did it. But I always need to hear the full case because I truly do believe everybody is entitled to um, a fair, you know, fair trial and um, fair counsel, all that stuff. They have the right to speak what they believe their truth is, whether it's really truth or not. And that's what you have to rely on a jury for, which is really scary. But you know what? Like, I need to hear it in its entirety. And even now, like, I really truly do believe Aiden is guilty. But I'm not going to be one of those people that are like, yes, yes, he is. Because honestly, people, I don't know. I only know what the public knows, okay? And that's not the whole story. So I clearly can't say that he is 100% guilty. But I can say he 100% looks like a good ass suspect to me. So right now... Um, law enforcement says that there have been no statements from Aiden where he's actually confessing to the crime. So, yeah, both families are definitely going to go through hell, guys. Um, so he's really holding and sticking to his story, which I mean, I guess anybody would if they are up for life in prison and being charged as an adult. So they, the district attorney went on to answer questions of people who lived in the community And this was just some of their answers. You know, they couldn't discuss any type of motive at this time because they don't want to hinder the case, number one. And it's also not fully clear at this point what the motive was. So they don't want to infringe on the case, which I totally get. They're also not discussing any types of details related to sexual assault, which I thought was really interesting. There were bloody handprints found on the inner thighs of Tristan Bailey and they did match Aiden Fucci's hands so that's going to be interesting and you know they did say there was no evidence of sexual assault so I don't know maybe there is but they went from saying there wasn't to we're not discussing any type of details related to sexual assault so that leaves one to believe that shit maybe they found something and now they can't talk about it but who knows they were then asked if there was pressure from the community to charge Aiden Fucci as an adult and they said no pressure at all you know they went by facts law and circumstances of death and there for them there was no alternative option than to charge Aiden as an adult juvenile juvenile court like I said is for like not lesser violent or non-violent crimes so kids who get to this accountability of crime have to be charged by the full extent of the law 100% agree agree okay 100% 
you can't just let anybody willy-nilly go back into freaking society when um they possibly stab somebody 114 times to death so and let me tell you something with that 114 number i hear from a lot of sources that it was at least 114 times and that's something the media is not making public yet i have heard i mean it could be a rumor but it's interesting but i've heard that they lost count like they couldn't keep count so that's just even more terrifying and i guess i could see why people are still in belief that maybe aiden didn't act alone because that's a lot of fucking stab wounds like don't you get tired at a point I mean, people were commenting on YouTube videos and saying that it's really difficult to stab someone, which I don't know the truth of that. I've never fucking stabbed someone and I never planned to. But like, if that's true, like maybe he had help. I don't know. But they're claiming that there's actually no evidence that any other friends had anything to do with the involvement of this homicide. So there's no evidence that Aiden was helped by anyone, no evidence he was under the influence during the time of the murder. So in the meantime, Aiden's going to be held at a county jail separate from adults because, guys, he's still a juvenile. He can't be mixed in with the adult population. So he's actually held alone. And I fucking wonder what he's thinking right now. Really do. Very curious. Also, it's important to note that Aiden has no past criminal record. He has no history of mental health difficulties he's has no history of seeing a counselor or anything like that so it's going to be interesting going to be interesting i mean just because he has no history of having mental health issues or no history of being with a counselor that could just mean that he um didn't receive help for an illness that he had that could definitely be it um just because you've never seen a counselor before doesn't mean that you don't have a mental illness so keep that in mind so who knows what's going to happen, especially because of the Graham Miller decision. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but that's the cruel and unusual punishment clause to have a minor sentenced to life in prison with no parole. It's got me wondering what the hell is going to happen, because even if Aiden, let's say, gets a life sentence, that means he's eligible for a review after 25 years. And at that point, a judge can totally decide to reduce his sentence, let him out, or they can decide to keep it. So who knows what's going to go down, but I'm definitely going to keep you updated. So as the investigation's continuing, they're looking into any romantic link between the two. People from the community are saying, no, no way, no way. But Aiden's friend Dofferis admitted that Aiden was interested in Bailey romantically. But because he has a girlfriend, Zophie, he wouldn't act on it. And I mentioned that before, but... Who knows? You don't really know what goes on between two people, okay? They could tell you to their blue in the face that they haven't had any relations with someone and it turns out that they did have relations with someone. So there's a lot of things being said. I've actually spoken to a couple of people from that neighborhood and I've heard from sources that there is actually a community rumor that's going around and it's that Aiden was trying to lure other girls in the woods. So like I said, this is a rumor. So don't go around spreading false information. I'm just letting you know what's out there. Um, this obviously is not part of the factual information, but I found it interesting. So, yeah, Aiden apparently was trying to lure other girls into the woods. Like, he had contacted other girls to go smoke with him. And at this time, it's not stated if he was specifically targeting Tristan. All we know is that there are witnesses who state that he planned to kill someone, which is part of the factual information that I said earlier. So, allegedly... He told his friends that this was imminent. Within a month, he would definitely kill somebody. That's what he was saying. 
So like I said, there's no details about whether there was a specific person named as a target by any witness. Law enforcement has no information stating that he was trying to lure other girls out to the woods. This is just mumbles and rumbles that are going on through the community. So it's interesting to see what's on the record and what is heard from the community. Only time will tell, guys. So we will find out the complete truth or the closest thing to it. But in the meantime, make sure like if you're looking into this case, you're separating. Like for me, like I know I'm keeping together the facts and rumors, which rumors could be true and they could be false. So make sure that you're not going around spreading fake news or false news because that is very hurtful to the family. Again, rumor is that he was luring other girls to the woods with him. That is not factual. Interesting to know, though. So this whole story is going to unfold in front of us soon enough, and I'm definitely going to keep you updated with this case. But until then, if you want to support Tristan or Tristan's family, I'm going to include the GoFundMe link in my show notes. Definitely check it out. And before I finish with you guys today, I just want to tell you more about the Baileys because at the end of the day, I feel that I'm spreading awareness for this case for Tristan, for the Bailey 7. That is her family. They're known as the Bailey 7 because there's um, five siblings and two parents. So Stacy is their mom, Stacy Bailey. She's a hairstylist and she owns Brush Salon down in Florida. Forrest Bailey is their dad. He works at a bank and he has always dreamed of having a big family. That's all he's ever wanted in his life. Then there's Brittany Bailey. She's 29, the oldest. Alexis, 23. Tegan, 21, the only boy sibling. Sophia is 16. And she had a severe case of, like, she has a lot of anxiety. And she actually would get up and speak about her sister and was really brave about it for somebody who was so anxious that Tristan, the youngest, the baby of the family, actually used to order Sophia's food at restaurants because she would get so worked up and nervous. And I think it's just beautiful that Sophia was able to stand up and say beautiful words about her baby sister. And one can only believe that Tristan would have been so proud of her for getting up there because she knows she was probably so scared she wanted to poop her pants. So shout out to Sophia. You go, girl, for getting over that hump of anxiety because I know how that feels. I have been there. So... The family actually had this beautiful memorial for Tristan and it was a celebration of life where they were saying like all these things about Tristan, who she was. It wasn't a sad thing at all. I mean, sure, there were tears shed, but it was really to celebrate Tristan's life. And according to the family, Tristan has always been the loudest in the family. She always needed to be seen, like needed to be heard and like, hey, I'm Tristan. I'm here. Hello. Like, pay attention to me. She was the loudest one in the nursery when she was born and the only blonde tenacious baby in that nursery, which I thought was pretty cute. She was into a variety of sports. She loved cheerleading the most and her mom was super hesitant about cheer because her other daughters, some of them had already gone through that and it was hell. It was hours of dedication and practice and she was fearful for for what that would do to Tristan. But regardless, she worked really hard in the gym, spent hours a day to show her mom how dedicated she was and thus she became a cheerleader. Tristan was known for being loyal to her friends. Her biggest saying was, 
especially for her cheer squad. If you mess with one of the team, you mess with everyone. She was very loving and supportive. So if she saw somebody getting bullied, even if it was someone she wasn't a fan of, she was stepping up. You weren't going to be doing that. She was that person. Like, I'm going to stand up for what's right. I don't care if I'm annoying. I don't care if you don't like it. Here I am. I'm Tristan. Nice to meet you. So pretty um, spunky girl and just believed in herself and was confident in herself. And that is so difficult for a 13-year-old. So shout out to Tristan. Girl, you go. She was part of Infinity All-Stars. And these this is like a cheer team for competition, not in, not in school for sports cheer or anything like that. Completely different. And she actually made it to summer, um, Summit Cheer Competition with her Infinity All-Stars Um, team which is amazing and that was a week before her death and basically to go to summit is like the ultimate goal goal for any cheer girl in that age group so this was a huge milestone for Tristan she was um, co-captain of the team so she was just ecstatic about it and again this was cheer competition and you're not just cheering for sports team This is where you're recognized as an actual sport, which is amazing because cheerleading, it's no joke. It's a badass taxing sport. And, you know, you when you get an injury from the sport, it's intense. So these girls deserve recognition for the hard work they put in. Cheerleaders are usually known for being like airheads, popping bubblegum bubbles and all that. But no, there's a lot of work and exercise and practice that goes into these things. And it's quite amazing. So... Quickly, people all over the country started putting aqua bows around their towns to show support for Tristan. They, um, a lot of people in St. Saint, uh, John's County leave aqua remembrance rocks around town and so much more. On Sundays, it is family, it was like, it still is, but family day for the Baileys. So on Sundays, they wear aqua for her, like to show their love for the youngest, the baby of the family. So the Bailey family even had a donation set up through Kendra Scott, which was pretty cool. And they actually modeled a necklace after Tristan. It was inspired by her, you know, specifically. And it was an aqua stone. So beautiful. Wish I could have um, got one myself, but I'm poor. So I could not. Would have loved to have been a part of that. But beautiful necklaces, just everything. Beautiful inspiration behind it. So... Kind of like I mentioned, they had a huge celebration of life for um, Tristan. That was on May 18th. Everybody that went wore aqua blue. There were teachers, pastors, coaches, family, friends that were speaking about Tristan. And it was beautiful. It was two hours long. You can actually go watch it on YouTube because they live streamed it and recorded it. Very cool stuff. There was a shrine of flowers around town. Teddy bears. Cards covered the Bailey family lawn. Just an outpouring of love. And just it was beautiful to hear what loved ones had to say about her it's like you got a really nice sense of who this girl was she was known to be the friendliest person she had a lot of friends she knew so many people she loved to make tiktok videos and she was known as like this bright light in the cheer community and she was super intelligent she was taking advanced classes she was busting her butt this girl was a hustler she loved hugs and coodling yes coodling not cuddling that was her thing. She used to say, can I coodle you? Not cuddle. Just a cute little thing she did. She loved her family, loved Starbucks right there with you. I share two interests with um, Tristan, definitely. I love aqua. That's my favorite color. My whole house is actually aqua on the inside, like not painting, but like all accents. So fun fact about me. 
Never would have guessed that probably. But yeah, I love Aqua. And I also love Starbucks. So, you know, ugh, just so sad. Who knows what the future had in store for her, you know? Unfortunately, we're not going to know, but she definitely is leaving a legacy already, which is a beautiful thing. And through all of the horror of this fucking case, one thing has proven to be true. Something that I realized, and I've never realized it as much until following this case, but there is more good than evil. And I know it's hard to believe that sometimes, but it's true, okay? Um, it really is. I know, like I said, it's just so hard to believe, but people who love and know Tristan and people all over the world, all over the nation, including someone like me who don't even know her, have been standing Tristan Bailey strong with the family. And we're advocating and we're waiting for justice and fighting for what's right. And although it's going to be tumultuous, a very long process, I truly believe justice and love will come from this heart-wrenching story and case. And until then, guys, be kind, fight for what's right, make sure you're looking out for one another, whether it's your friends, your coworkers, maybe one of your associates, your friends, family, whoever, your neighbor. And, you know, if you're seeing like red flags or any warning signs, like look into it, don't just brush it off because that's how cases like these happen. If you see something, say something. I know that's so fucking corny, but it's so true. Just like I said, though, be kind to people, leave out all of the hate, take the love instead and spread that shit. Okay, spread it. Um, and that's all I've got for you guys today. I know that was a lot. Um, so thank you for listening. I have no words besides the words I've already said. My mouth actually hurts from talking. I'm very passionate about this. Um, I'm so happy that I was able to bring you guys this information. Like I said, I will be keeping you updated. I have a new blog. You could go to crimeghoul.com. You can actually sign up with your email to get notifications for when I will be posting on my blog. I'm going to be writing about cases that I might not cover on my podcast, but I'm still super interested in. You might see me post about cases that are currently ongoing or updates from cases I've already um already covered. So definitely check out crimeghoul.com. So happy to have launched that. You could go check out my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Facebook and Instagram, just type in Crime Ghoul, you'll find me. For Instagram, it's Crime Ghoul underscore. You know the spiel. If you guys want to help out my podcast in any way you can, you can definitely do that for free by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a five-star rating and a review. And let me know if you guys have any advice for me, anything I could be doing differently, anything you'd like to hear, or should I just stay the same and keep rocking it out? Because I'll do that too. And if you guys are looking to go above and beyond to help my podcast stay in motion, as you guys have seen, I have really been improving and I'm proud of myself. And I honestly have to say a lot of it comes from you guys, you listeners, contributing to me, helping me keep this thing going. Uh, some of you have helped me stay caffeinated, which I can't even express how amazing that is. Some of you have donated um, and that has helped me add to my funds to get better equipment Oh my God, like I just can't say how grateful I am. Like the true crime community really comes in clutch and you guys are fucking amazing. And I've had some amazing conversations with you guys. I'm so excited to keep that all up and I'm so excited for next week's episode. We're just so excited here as you can tell. But that's all I got for you guys. Please stay safe. Check out my link tree in my bio and I will see you guys soon and hear from you soon. Seen. Oh my God, I gotta go to bed. I <laughs> will hear from you soon. All right. 
later. See ya later. By the way, a pretrial hearing for Aiden Fucci will be in effect on September 1st, 2021.